0: Hey, welcome to the Jerry Gherkin Show, where we get our kicks out of watching people succeed. I'm your host, Jerry Gherkin, and that time is now. A little fun fact about me, I am such a Bruno Mars fan that I named one of my dogs Bruno. So, yeah, and I might dance quite a bit when Uptown Funk comes on, but that's for another story. <laughs> but hey, I'd like to welcome uh, to my show, Megan McAvoy-Mattei. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. and I'll be right there with you. Forever in a Room and Bruno Mars comes on. I'm down to boogie.
0: (laughs) Some of my friends purposely play that because I can't control myself and they like to watch me dance. I'm like six foot, almost six foot four and I'm a big guy, but I have some moves and, but they like to videotape me and I've got some, they've got some dirt on me, but I'm okay with it. (laughs) That's
1: awesome. You got to live, right? Yeah, right on,
0: right on. So, (laughs) hey, uh, let's talk a little bit about what you do. Um, No pressure, you know, but you're, you're one of the most interesting guests that we've had on the show. Um, and tell our listeners about what you do for a living.
1: Thank you for that. That's really sweet. So I'm a mindset coach. Um, and ultimately what that leads to is manifesting whatever it is that you want. But my favorite place to hang out is within how the brain works and how the brain works in order to get what we want from life. Right. And You know, the limiting beliefs that we have, the subconscious fears that we have, the patterns and programming and identity that we live in and really breaking the mold and changing all of that to stay open to the possibility that really what I always say is I don't care if you are face down in the mud and you just feel like the world is falling down on top of you my belief and it's probably because i've been through enough in my own life is that you can get up and you can still be whoever it is that you want to be in this world and you can still have whatever it is that you want in my job and my goal in life is to be the person who helps as many people as possible get there now of course they don't always have to be face in the mud but i just think wherever you're at you can change
0: Awesome. Yeah, I agree. 100 percent. One of the uh, videos, motivational videos that I've I've referenced before on the show, but um, I listen to and watch. It's why do we fall? And uh, it talks about it's not how hard you get hit, but it's how hard you get hit and then keep moving forward. So, you know, we can curl up in a corner and feel sorry for ourselves, or we can just get up and keep moving forward because everybody's dealing with something. It's just how you how you manage it.
1: For sure. And there's a big part. It's so funny because, you know, people kind of call my work the loving booty kicking that you need. I'm kind of like a no BS. I will call people right out. But I also have a yoga teacher background. So there's like there's interesting paradigm in in me where there's also that massive level of compassion. And it's like, sometimes we can sit in the corner in a ball and have our moments, you know, it's not to say that we can't have those like breakdown moments, but the coolest thing of those breakdown moments is that if we allow it, the breakthrough is on the other side, because instead of dwelling in that, that corner crying, like you can have that space. You just, if you're going to hang with me, you can't stay there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that, that's a uh, great insight. So how do, how do you get entrepreneurs to release their inner badass?
1: So, well, I mean, it's obviously, as I'm sure you can appreciate, it's multifaceted. One of the biggest things that I do and, and anybody who works with me knows that I pretty much have a zero tolerance policy and it's only gotten more, especially since I've had a kid and my time constraints for, you know, getting things done has changed. But I have really a zero tolerance policy for people who aren't willing to take massive outrageous responsibility for their life, for their business, you know? And so what we do is we look at what are the very much so much of what I do is based upon emotional intelligence, which is kind of funny for being a woman who for a long time in my life was like, These things are better off suppressed or oppressed. I don't want to deal with any of them. Let's smoke some weed, drink some alcohol, and ignore all of it. Um, And that stuff comes back to bite you in the butt, right? So the first place is to understand the emotions, because all information comes into our brain first emotionally. That's just scientific fact. Then being able to separate ourselves from those emotions so that they don't run our lives, to see what our limiting beliefs are, to see what the paradigms are, to see what the stories are about worthlessness what I mean by that is relative to our own self-worth and then teaching people how to catch themselves in their lives so I'll give you a really quick short example I had a client I was on a call with the other day and I've only been working with him for a short short period of time and within five minutes there were multiple different times where he'd start to say something and be like what am I even saying like what is that's that's just no like and you would and there's nothing that gives me more joy right than having people catch themselves on their limiting beliefs those emotions those fears those doubts those worries and then going we're playing a different game like i signed up to be in your energy to work with you because we're playing a different game and where that comes down to is where i started which is that massive personal responsibility and i remember on the call he was like i have this big business opportunity i'm just waiting on them to get back to me i was like waiting on them to get back to you what that's that's not what we're here to do that's the old version of you what do you need to do right now to move this forward and sure enough by the time i hadn't finished saying what i was saying and he came back and was like uh on this call i shot him a quick message just want you to know there's a meeting booked for monday and this is the kind of thing that can like explode his business and that's what i mean like my clients know there's a zero tolerance policy and it comes from love and it does come from compassion because i want to see them win but like we're not going to just sit around and hold hands we're going to get to work and get things done you know awesome
0: i can i can feel your your passion through the screen it's really cool yeah. You got a lot of enthusiasm and, and, you know, we, we get our kicks out of watching people succeed. And I, I think that you feel the same way when you can make that shift in in their mind. And, and, you know, fear and doubt is a, is a big deal. I mean, it, it really is. And I did a separate podcast on fear and doubt, and I've done some seminars on fear and doubt and how you overcome fear and doubt with knowledge and skill. And that gives you the courage and confidence to overcome that fear and doubt that's there's a lot of layers there, but uh, yeah, fear and doubt is the biggest thing. and And a word that was given to me, Um, I, I truly believe by God, um, probably six weeks ago was, uh, instead of listening to yourself, talk to yourself, because Mm -hmm. when you listen to yourself, it's the chatterbox and it's telling you what you can't do and what you're not good at. And what you, how, why aren't you further along in your career at this point, it's all the negative chatter. But when you talk to yourself with positive affirmations, you know, the, I am statements, what, what I am, and then that helps you get past that. So that's, that's just a little, too, my two cents. I,
1: I like I, that. I think for sure too, there's there's a point and it's not at all to disagree with you because I wholeheartedly agree with what you just said. Um, but I'm very big too on, and I have a great relationship with God myself and it's taken a long time to get there after being a private Catholic school girl, believe me. Um, But that the intuition piece and the instincts piece, so many people have, so I agree with the not listening to yourself in that lower consciousness chatter, but I think the higher consciousness chatter that is connected to your intuition, there's so many people that it's like, if you just trusted yourself more, And you actually could listen to yourself and you knew how Which is, you know, some of what I teach, of course, to separate those voices, to know what is the chatter that you shouldn't listen to, but then also like, what is the instinctual, you know, God given beliefs that are beliefs that are just true within you that you need to listen to. Like I got the intuitive download, for instance, we, we bought our dream house manifest our dream house here in Colorado, up in the mountains a few years ago, I got the intuitive download two weeks ago that it's time to sell our house. And that weekend we started packing. And today I'm talking to you. And after this, the realtors are coming. Cause I when you know that it's your intuition speaking, that is where on the other side of it, especially to me, if you have a relationship, whether it's universe for the more spiritual people, and I'm fine with that, or God for someone like me, you're like you're being told to move right now. I mean, physically obviously move, sure. but it could be anything else. Yep. So I just thought that was an important caveat to add to what you asked, like fully agree. But there are times where like, if you're attuned enough and you've done enough work, which should be the goal, I think, of all of us, really, when you know that it's your intuition speaking, at least for me, I'm learning to leap.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the one of my constant prayers is for discernment, because that's the that's the key, I think, is to be able to understand what what the chatter is and what and, and that's again, where the fear comes in. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking about, uh, a quote from Jim Rohn, um, the law of diminishing intent where yeah. you, the longer you take to, to make action or take action, the less likely you're going to take that action. And, but then also, you know, that fear comes into play because is is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? So then you, you, you make a non-decision and then, uh, non-action is safe, but yeah. it kills dreams. Exactly. Yeah,
1: that's where I'm at today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we'll we'll get through this and then you can get on with with your move.
1: Oh, I was psyched to be here. Don't get don't get me wrong. No, That's
0: cool. You're fine. Um, so if, if we have listeners right now that feel like they're stuck in a job, what's some advice that you would maybe offer to them to get unstuck?
1: It's a choice. I know that just sounds so easy, but really anything and everything that we have is a choice. My favorite way to answer this question is by way of another short story, because I feel like stories are the way that we can relate to each other, right? Is so I was 25 years old when I bought my first condo, put my life savings into the down payment for the mortgage, like literally took all my money, probably not the smartest thing, should have kept a, you know, a reserve. Into the down payment for my mortgage, three weeks later, I lost my job at Fidelity Investments in the economic correction of 2008. And so a lot of people are sitting there and they have what I call fake security. So you have the nine to five job and you feel like you're stuck in that and you really, really have a dream on your heart and a vision on your heart and dreams and visions aren't put on your heart for some arbitrary reason. They're put there because you're meant to have them if you only do some of the things we've already talked about, which is take the action, don't get stuck in the fear. And one of the things that I always say is I look back at that 25 year old version of me and I just feel so supremely grateful that I made the decision, everything when it comes to mindset and manifestation, and you were just saying this too, is about making a decision. The thing when it comes to making a decision that people seem to not understand is that you can make a decision and you can say, yes, I want to leave my job. Like I feel stuck in this job and I want to leave. So yes. And they think that's the decision actually. And I'm very big on words. So like when I work with my clients, we'll go into the definition of a word to understand it because Our words create our reality and most people are running around, you know, 75% of people can't identify their emotions in the moment they don't even know what the words that they're using mean. So baked into the definition of the word decision is having the character of the action. So it's one same thing to say yes. I want to leave my job. It's another thing to back that up, like what we were just talking about with action. So I look back at that 25-year-old version of myself, and I say to myself, I'm so grateful that I got kicked out of corporate, you know, out of a job that I hated. I, I was miserable. And, you know, it was scary. I had times, I won't lie, like I lived in New England. It was freezing. I didn't have my heat on some months because I needed to start a business and afford to pay this brand new mortgage and put food on the table. But that's a decision. You know what I mean? That was, I am doing this. And now I'm what, 38. So that was 13 years ago. (laughs) And so it was a decision, right? And it's one that it was hard and there were sacrifices in the moment, but now I have the freedom. Like we just had a daughter, she's 15 months old. I have the freedom to live wherever I want which that's a blessing and what a gift. And I also have the freedom to be home with my child. And to me, from a value system perspective, there is nothing that is more important to me or more valuable to me than being able to be an example to her. And that's the other thing to think about is if you have family or kids or even are thinking about it, I was thinking about that at 25, like what kind of example are you setting and who are you being and stuck? It's just a choice. And and you were really saying this yourself. The longer that you allow yourself to stay stuck, the heavier that the weight gets. The heavier that the weight on top of you gets, the harder it is to move.
0: Right. And and you talked about character too. And and I think that the you no, know, I reference this uh, song by Mercy Me, dear younger me, and uh, you know, talks about if I would have known then what I know now how would I have done things differently? But then at the end of the song, it's like, I wouldn't be the same person. So I wouldn't want to go back there and same thing with what you, you went through and how much character building you had at that 25 years to, to 38.
1: Yeah, for sure. And the resilience stuff. I mean, that's a big part of it. And I think most people like And this goes back to that, even if you're face down in the mud, you're, I, the biggest message I want every person on this earth to know is that you're stronger and more capable and more powerful than you realize. Yeah, you can do it. Like I'm not special <laughs> at all. I am, of course, you know, but like,
0: sure, I get it. I get what you mean. Yeah. Well, in that in that Why Do We Fall video, um, it, there's a quote from a guy that says that it's uh, we're not we don't have the fear of failure. It's it's the fear that we are stronger than what we really believe, you know. Yeah. And the, that we can be wildly successful and that that, that can inhibit people from making dis- leaps or decisions like that as well.
1: Yeah, so. because also what people don't realize is that so much of that too, and this is the world where I hang out is subconscious. You know, subconsciously, a lot of times within that, when you make changes like this, there's fears that your circle is going to change. How will your family dynamics change? And I just don't like to sugarcoat anything. They will change. Most likely. You know what I mean? If you make a a different version of yourself and you become a new version of yourself. But what I've always found and hopefully probably the same for you At each new level that I've up-leveled, even if I've lost people along the way, I've always been able to find the new people or that, you know what? They find me, right? Like, and then you've kind of got a new circle of people who are doing more amazing things and they're more empowering and uplifting. And so that success that we fear, you know, I I get it, but what's worse?
0: Being boring. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So back here on my vision board, I have look up for powerful friends um, and uh, you know that, that you just kind of talked about that because we we kind of stay at that level and we're hanging out with these same people. And, and uh, Jim Rohn again wrote a book called 12 Pillars and in, in one of the chapters, um, the guy that he was mentoring this young man, he talked about how... Um, tell me about your, your family circle. Tell me about who you hang out with. Well, I hang out with Joe we've known each other since high school. And you know, what's Joe's life like? Well, he doesn't have a job and he, this other guy has anger issues. And, you know, so, so you yeah. kind of become the people that you surround yourself with. And another thing I have up on my vision board is you can change the people around you, but you can't change the people around you. So yeah, looking up for powerful friends and then you, you do develop those and, and, and it is okay if, if you leave those other people behind because there's, greater things for you out there yeah. for sure so what's coaching like if somebody wanted you to coach them what what's the what's the process and then what's uh, like is it weekly texting talking zoom what what's the process
1: yeah so i have a couple courses that are going to be coming out which is great my team is working on that behind the level so there's some digital courses self-study kind of things that people can get into and then there's of course my higher level one-on-one And that, interestingly enough, before I had my daughter, that was all that I was doing. I mean, I've had a lot of course content now just getting it packaged. But since I've had my daughter, I've had to become way, way more selective of who, sort of that circle, like what we were just talking about, interesting when conversations feed into the other, right? Uh, But needing to have even more powerful boundaries about who I even let into that one-on-one space with me because... Like I was saying in the beginning of this, that if you're gonna be at, with me at that level, it's this serious commitment, and it requires that massive level of responsibility. So the one on one is is regular phone calls because of the fact that I live literally on the top of a mountain in Colorado. I don't do too much Zoom, just because you know we can send people to the moon, but getting people on the mountain internet—that's really amazing—is just somehow a, a challenge. The things that you learn when you move to the mountains, seriously. So I do the traditional landline. We do you know, uh, weekly phone calls for six months. In between, I give people a ton of work. I mean, you probably can even tell from this conversation, I'm very passionate, but I also, I work fast. So I'll, I'll throw things at people and they will be like, you need to go do this, you need to go do this, you need to go do this, you need to go do this. And then they do the work between the calls. I give clients access to me as well, you know, so whether it's via Facebook Messenger or email or, you know, stuff like that to, and I want people to do that. That's one of the things for me that I really ask my clients because the way, in, and I know that you understand this, but a lot of times the way that our mind works and the way that breakthroughs work, it's like peeling back the layers to an onion, right? Right. And the ego is such a little bastard that'll come through and be like, you got the first layer off, you're there, you're good, you're done, you figured out the thing. And it's like, nobody, you got like two more layers to go. And then we're going to get at the meat of where we need to be. So that's the kind of thing where if I send somebody away to do the work, and then they message me back, and they're like, okay, this is what I came up with, I can then get back to them and go, I need you to go here. This is where we're going next. And usually what will happen is they'll message me. They'll be like, I watched that training that you have. Because I do give my one-on-one clients because it is a a more significant investment access to my courses and my trainings as supplemental resources. And so I'll say, you know, say we're having a one-on-one call and we were going through this layer of the onion. Hey, I need you to go dig into that video Get back to me after you watch that video. I don't care if you've already watched it before. Go watch it again because we can watch something again or hear the same lesson a different time and be a different version of ourselves. So then the lesson lands completely differently. And then they come back to me and they're like, I just had that breakthrough. And more often than not, they're like, I just had that breakthrough. And by the way, I signed a new client. Or I, you know, I just made a lot more money or I just land this massive speaking event. Or I just had this intuitive breakthrough of here's this big marketing thing that I want to put together. And I'm kind of an ass in a nice way. I just kind of sit there with a smirk on my face like, of course you did.
0: Yeah. Of course you did. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, you said ego, but I kept pounding in my brain pride. You know, a lot of of pride um, prevents people from, I think, taking advantage of what you have to offer too, because you know, I'm successful. I'm, I'm doing well, you know, it's okay. Do I think that there's greater things? Yeah. But then I don't, I don't want to step outside of where I'm at because that's the risk. And then you might, and then when you talk to you, you just chop them off at the knees and (laughs) tell them, tell them what they already really know, but you verbalize it. So it's like, dang, man, do I really want, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, pride I think is probably a big deal too for a lot of things.
1: For sure, and I think too. Like I mean, I've certainly had a fair. I'm five foot two. I'm like this small little, lady, you know, woman, um, and I've had uh, definitely people be like, "You are intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> small little package. You are just like you. I just know that if I get with you and do the work, that things are like, yeah, my feet will be held to a fire in a way that, you know, maybe they need to be. So I listen
0: to a, uh, an app it's called abide. It's, it's what I do in the mornings. It's a meditation yes, app. You're familiar. Yes, yeah. I am. Yeah. So how important is meditation? Cause I really, I'm, I'm, I can tell a difference in my day if I, if I miss this stuff.
1: Yeah, I think for me, it's, it's big. I, I could for sure, and I know excuses, I could for sure be sitting in a lot more quiet meditation than I am right now. Um, Yoga for me is probably my greatest source of meditation. The traditional sit down and meditate thing, it works for me for sure. I am a big, I'm sure you appreciate Tony Robbins as well. I am a big believer in that if you are going to shift your subconscious, if you're gonna shift your mindset, you should also shift your physiology. So to me, my yoga practice, which I try to do like religiously, you know, um, is like a moving meditation. So I actually have the best of both worlds happenings, you know, the, the, the physical release in the body and then also the mental calmness that gets created as well. And so that's a big that's a big part of it. And if I'm not practicing yoga, I mean, for some reason, when I hadn't like right after I had my daughter, you know, obviously there's healing time as a new mom and stuff. I didn't get back to yoga that quickly. And, and man, I could feel that in my whole body, like not just from the mindset and the meditation and and all of it, but just I'll include not just from the physical, but also from the mental, right? I need that. I need that space between my thoughts. I need that calm that center that focus i mean, it's to me it's it's incredibly important to we have 50 to seventy thousand thoughts on average per day and if you don't take a, a moment to calm those down a little bit and create some space between them that's a that, i've done the math on that that's 48 it's like a thought a minute and how many different thoughts? And then 47% of the time, this is, you know, science, our mind is wandering. And so it just like, even when you think about that, you have to calm, calm yourself. And it to me, like the meditation and the mindfulness stuff, it makes me less reactive, it makes me more, you know, proactive in a lot of areas of my life. It makes me a better mom not just to my daughter, but I got two big, crazy German shepherds. They're amazing. It makes me a better mom to them. And that's a value system. That's important to me. Just like it is important to be a good mom it makes me a better wife. It makes me a better business person. It makes me better to me, you know?
0: Yeah. And, and I think too, we, we, there's so much noise in, that's going on all the time mm-hmm. and uh, to be able to, you know, you hear about those, um, chambers where it's all silent and how people go bananas in them things because there's there's not that stimulation constantly going on and and i think that uh i've not practiced yoga i may try it check it out because i because i think that that can also open up um inspiration and, and ideas and different things when you when you do take that time for yourself and just to step away from all the crazy chaos and all the thoughts like you're talking about all that stuff spinning in your brain that's why I started doing audible. Cause I can't sit and read a book.
1: So, yeah. but I
0: can, I can listen to a book and, and retain the information. So I, cause I can speed up the narrator and you're like a 1.25 as fast as you talk, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, so I'm listening. I'm listening to everything you're saying cause you, you, you talk fast and that's how I receive information. But if I'm sitting there reading a book, I'll have to reread and reread and reread because my mind's going here and going there and you know, and too much, yeah. too much stimulation going on. But yeah, I, I definitely think, uh, yoga might be something for everybody to check out if you find find a local place and
1: I've got some videos on YouTube um yoga too and yeah local place yoga was actually what I found and I I want to share this because I think you'll appreciate it because it really like informs who I am and also even how I got into this so my first week in college I witnessed the terrorist attacks of 9-11 from my dorm room window oh wow And so I was in school in New York, first week in college, you know, you can maybe imagine yourself in that situation. Like that's a big change for a, what, 18 year old, 17 year olds. And, you know, adjusting the life away from the family and whatever, and to have that happen was, was, was pretty wild. And thank God my mom actually got me a yoga mat. I had never practiced. I hadn't been exposed to the practice, really, I didn't know anything about it. And I ended up transferring schools. And my mom got me a yoga mat, and I started practicing yoga. And and that was really, you know, doctors wanted to put me and they did, they put me on Zoloft, which is an anti anxiety medication. And for me, it just felt like my head was floating. And then everything else that was the trauma and the fear and the PTSD and the anxiety, like I would go to sleep at night and it would feel like I was falling and not in a good, like, this is cozy and a like, I am falling and scare myself awake kind of way. And, um, yoga was the one thing, like I said, they wanted to drug me. They wanted to medicate me. And I was like, this stuff No, I don't judge, like, you know, and I'm not a doctor and I won't even play one on TV. Like, but for me, I was like, this stuff doesn't work. (laughs) Like, this is not how you heal stress and anxiety and trauma by popping a pill and tuning out like that is just, and it's kind of another thing. Like I go back to that 25 year old version of me and I'm like, thank you, God, like, okay. And I go back to that 18 year old version of me and I'm like, thank you, God, because that's where I started to go inward. You know, that's where I really started that inward journey of self-discovery that I've now been on for 20 20 years. And it was then that as far as resilience and and managing stress and understanding that, for instance, like stress and trauma gets stored in, in our hips, it's that fight or flight response, right? And just realizing that like I could create that calm in my mind and I could create that calm in my body. And I'm not to say that I'm not ever absent of anxiety. Like I still have anxiety in my life, but you know, stress is a pro evolutionary phenomenon. We need it. You know, I got home one day and there was, um, I'm in my, my house, looking out my big bay window here. There was a big wildfire out that window, you know, stress is a response where we're like, okay, we got to do something like this isn't safe and this is okay. So we all are going to have some level of it, but it's like that self-awareness, that self-acceptance, that knowing how to manage challenges when they come up. And the beauty of yoga, if you do try it or your listeners try it where you haven't before, what I really try to do is not only make it part of my moving meditation, like your I am statements, I'm the coach, should would be like, if you go to yoga, you go running, you do any of those things, I want you to be repeating those things. But it's also just that space to like create that that calm in your life, you know, create that that center in your life. Give yourself that opportunity to to grow and expand. And I mean, to me, it's just without that practice, I don't know who I would be.
0: Yeah, cool. Sorry, I had to go through that, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> yeah. not sorry, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. When my book comes out, it's like an awkward hard for me to have to write to say that I'm grateful for 9-11 because of course I'm not I wish that never happened but for me it's one of the things that I'm most grateful that I went through and again it's so weird to say that because we all know I don't mean it in a way other than how I mean it no
0: I get it yeah yeah it's again one of those character building things and you find out who you really are and then it, it helped you go to the, the yoga. <laughs> and then exactly. now you're, you're sharing with everybody else that this is something that can make a shift. So you're making differences in a lot of people's lives. So I read a review and uh, some results uh, from one of your clients. And this one in person in particular said they uh, had like a $17,000 deal. And it was like a really right away. Is that, is that basically because you're no nonsense and you just told them, Hey, pick up the phone. I mean, give us a little bit it really more.
1: That. Is. This is somebody I, I remember her. She was in a nine to five job when she saw me and she had amazing connections because of her back, her background and her past. And so, you know, she was doing some marketing to get other opportunities. And I said, let's just go after this one let's go after this one. And you know, what was it a a week to a month? I don't remember exactly is she was doing RFPs for a $17,000 deal, getting flown across the country to go sit down with these like big wigs to make a decision whether or not now, now imagine being like a brand new entrepreneur in the coaching space right a lot of people will think like let's do the one-to-one kind of thing and, and I do think that there's some validity to that even for somebody who would teach new coaches I think you know, getting some initial clients figuring out like what makes you a badass your initial question what you're good at I think there's some validity to that but knowing what i knew about her and knowing what i knew about her capabilities and and not to say that everybody couldn't do this people for sure could in her particular case i was like you need to go after this opportunity and for her it was an opportunity to get her coaching in front of an entire company and you know what i mean so then they flew her out there and just imagine too like what that does for your confidence and imagine i remember sitting there like we took the extra time I am one of those coaches. Like I have definite boundaries around my time. And if this is our time, this is what we have. But I also go above and beyond for my clients because I'm sure I can just tell from you that the same, I care, (laughs) I want to see them win so bad. And I remember spending the extra time with her, probably an extra hour and going through that RFP and just, you know, getting it to the point where she felt so confident to go and execute and, and present her case and, Those are the kind of opportunities that she's getting in her her business now and her business has expanded and it's so sweet. I'll get messages from her that she's just like, I would not be here today had it not been for you. I think a lot of people when when they get into business or growing their business, they go the direction of I need to understand marketing. I need to understand strategy. I need to understand all of the how. And it's like one of the things she says to me in her messages, she always thanks me and she's like, I'm still here and I'm still doing so great. And I wouldn't be here had you not kept my mindset locked up in the beginning and given me the confidence to know that I could do it. Like having somebody like myself in your corner be like, we are going after this big fish and we're going to fry it, baby. We're going, it's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, yeah. just knowing there's somebody in your corner that like, cares about you and that's why even for me I have coaches I think all coaches and everybody who's going to the next level needs to have a coach needs to have a mindset coach in their corner because we're all gonna have our days where we're like that's, that fish looks really big I don't, I don't know I don't know but when you've got somebody over there going I got the reel, I got it we're gonna go I got the boat let's let's cruise and you know you just feel different that's cool. And, and the thing too, I think to say along with that, which is pretty special is, is I've manifested everything in my life. I've manifested my daughter's birthday to the day, a one hour labor I've manifested my husband, my dream house, the business. It all comes from taking action. And you know what? I, I was scared around all of it. So I think people have this belief that they have to be fearless. And it's like, you don't have to be fearless. You just have to act that way.
0: That's super cool. Well, that's probably a good segue into what's the best advice you've ever received?
1: Best advice that I've ever received. You know what I'm feeling so much right now, and this might change if you were to ask me tomorrow if I'm being completely transparent. Yeah. What I'm really tuned into right now is being so ridiculously authentic. I don't think that there's any more joy in life that exists than being completely who you are. And I think all of this work, of course, it, it comes into manifestation and all the things that you get to have it all and whatnot. But man, if you're out there being somebody that you're not, and the problem with authenticity, I am so fiercely authentic that there is a handful of people, as I'm sure you can probably appreciate, who hate me. They do. They don't. They're never going to like me. And especially people who decide to perpetually be victims in their life. Those people cannot stand me. It's like I have some kind of like perfume or something, and I'm, I'd like to know how to patent and trademark it. Um, But other people and my people who are going where they need to go, those people flock to me, right? Like those people love me. And what I have come to find about authenticity is that it can be hard right like it can be hard like there was a period where i was being so wildly authentic and i was almost i hate to say it like this but i don't know how else to say it i was almost like practicing hatred and not me like i work very hard to have a loving heart that even if you're completely different than me even if you do hate me i am still gonna send you that's the yogi in me right loving kindness i'm still gonna do that but practicing accepting the fact that I run my mouth, I speak my mind, and I get it from people, man, I do. And practicing being so wildly okay with that. Not being mean, like I said, I need to make sure that's clear, but like so wildly okay with like, this is who I am, because I would rather people dislike me for who they know that I am, than like me for who they think that I am. And part of the challenge is I spent a fair amount of my time in that realm of People liking me for who they thought that I was. And one of the most important things that I've come to learn about authenticity, and I think being a mom brought this out in me even more because if I could pass that on to her, I just want her to be who she is in this world, you know? Um, The most important thing about authenticity is that this is where the work that I teach and what I do becomes even more important is how can you be authentic if you don't fully know yourself? It's
0: a great question.
1: And that would probably be the biggest lesson that I've learned in order for me to be completely authentic. I need to know who I am. So then even if people now, people come at me with love, but even if people come at me with hate, my conviction and my stance doesn't change. Who I am doesn't change just because Sally over here has a certain kind of opinion or Susie over here is talking smack about me. I couldn't be less relevant because I'm firm in it. You know what I mean?
0: Exactly, I get it. Be authentic. Uh, last question, then we'll wrap up for the day. I, I really appreciate the time. It's really been super cool. Can't can't wait to uh, listen to it a couple more times because there's been a lot of great content and I'm sure there's a lot of people are gonna take take away a lot of things, but how do you, how do you wanna be remembered?
1: So I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I'm writing a book. And I've started, you know, my book and we're working through that. And that's one of those questions that the book coach asked me. And I immediately now as a mom, I go to my own kid, you know, because that's the most important thing to me is how they remember me, how other people remember me, probably less relevant if I'm being totally honest. And uh, the title of the book is going to be stay open to the possibility. And that's how I want to be remembered. I want to be remembered as that person who in some way, whether you love me or hate me after that last conversation, but impacted your life in such a way that you decided to stay open to the possibility. And and what I mean by stay open to the possibility is that you can go through something like 9-11 or you could go through something worse, and you can become the best version of yourself because of it. You can go through, I've had clients who work with me who've been in toxic, abusive relationships. I'm talking about being hospitalized. They come work with me. We do one session. They manifest their now husband after the first date. Uh, I've had clients, I mean, you know, who've lost a lot of weight. I just heard from a guy in the last three months, he's dropped 29 pounds. I, for instance, when I became a mom, I put on a lot of weight during lockdowns, during a pandemic, no help really, like, no gym membership, I lost 40 pounds because I wasn't going to stay that person. There, It just wasn't possible. And so how I want to be remembered is that no matter who you are, no matter where you're at, no matter what life is throwing at you, stay open to the possibility that what you want can still happen for you. And if you show up and you do the work, it will happen for you.
0: Great. Yeah, it's all about the PP. <clears throat> The problems and the possibilities. Yeah, <laughs> I no. got that from Damien Boudreau. He was on my show about a year ago, it was, it, but I always remember that because he he'd open it up. Hey, it's all about the pee you know? And you're like, <laughs> like what? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I have problems. Baby- the problems and the possibilities, right? Okay, cool. Well, hey, Megan, I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I know you got a busy day set ahead with all, all you got going on there. So, uh, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll touch base another time, but I appreciate you. Perfect. Thank
1: you so
0: much. This was a blast. I appreciate yeah. you too. Ditto. Uh, so, hey, remember yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why we call it the present. Make it a good one.